You're listening to the Quince podcast. Welcome to season 2 of the Quince Fortnightly podcast Land of a Billion. We aim to bring you expert conversations about the most contentious of the holy roti kapda makan trinity that is the makan over our heads and the larger ecosystem that governs it. This podcast is produced in association with the Property Rights Research Consortium supported by Omidya Network India. I'm Bhargavi, a researcher interested in land and access to finance and your host for this season. Urban population in India is growing at a rapid pace. As of 2011, conservative estimates suggest that 30% of India's population lives in cities. More realistic estimates put it anywhere between 47 to 50% of India's population living in cities. Now this suggests that the demand for housing in cities is likely to be high and it will be difficult to find vacant houses in Indian cities. However, that's not true. Research actually suggests that quite a few houses in India's India's cities are actually vacant. Now this in turn would suggest that rental yields in India are fantastic. Why? Because there's high demand, high vacancy and that implies a scarcity in housing and in a, in an economist terms this pushes up rents. Now that's not true either. Rental yields in India are amongst the lowest in the world. Rental yields are in the range of 2 to 3%. Just for some perspective, rental yields in a city like Dubai are in the range of 7 to 8%. So what is going on here? Many people believe that India's rental housing market is messed up because of rent controls. What is rent control? Rent control laws essentially cap the amount of rent that tenants have to pay to landlords and hugely restrict the grounds on which tenants can be evicted by landlords. So they make it really hard for landlords to get their houses back. Now, in response to this problem, the cabinet in 2021 approved a model tenancy law. and they believe that this will solve some of the problems of the rental housing market in india what does the model tenancy law do it gives some respite to tenants by providing for written agreements capping security deposit and so on it provides some respite to landlords by rationalizing the grounds on which landlords can evict tenants for defaulting behavior and it gives some respite to courts by setting up a separate quasi judicial dispute resolution mechanism To what extent can this puzzle of high demand, high vacancy but still low rental yields in India's cities be resolved by the Model Tenancy Act? To answer this question, we have with us two guests, Sahil Gandhi, who's an urban economist. He's currently a lecturer at the University of Manchester. Until recently, he was a researcher associated with the Center for Social and Economic Progress. We also have with us Mr. Gautam Chatterjee who was the chairperson of the Maharashtra Real Estate Regulatory and Development Authority. Mr. Chatterjee has worked extensively on issues like affordable housing, slum rehabilitation and urban development in the state of Maharashtra. Welcome Sahil and Mr. Chatterjee to the Land of a Billion podcast. Thank you Bhagavi. Thank you for having us Bhagavi. Sure. So let's begin with identifying some of the key challenges in the rental housing market in India. So Sahil, you have worked a lot on the high rates of urban vacancy. What do you think are the factors contributing to this, and what effects does high vacancy have on the housing market in India's cities? Right. So uh, Bhargavi, you summarized the whole problem really well. A rental housing market is actually a key for a growing economy. It encourages labor mobility and migration. 
but what has happened over the last five decades is that rental housing stock has fallen. Actually, the share of rental housing has fallen from 53 percent in 1961 to around 25 percent in 2011. Now, uh, economist Asher Lindbeck stated that uh, rent control appears to be the most efficient technique presently known to destroy a city, and that is what's happened in India. We've had stringent rent control in several states in India, which has destroyed rental housing. Landlords are totally disincentivized to rent out, and this has made cities quite unaffordable to live. Now, given this, we we have a massive housing shortage. Like there are several millions of people living in slums. That that number is approximately 17% of urban households living in slums. We also have 12% of our housing stock that is vacant. Now, this was a puzzle to me. Like why why is it that landlords are not renting out? Now, at CSEP, the Center for Social and Economic Progress along with uh, Professor Richard Green, who is an urban economist at the University of Southern California, and Shaoli Patranabis, who right now is a doctoral student at the London School of Economics. We went into this question of why there is so much vacancy in Indian cities. Now, one of the reasons that we know is that, as you mentioned, Bhargavi, is that uh, the rental yields are extremely low in some of the cities in India. Now, on average, the rental yields are between 2 to 4% given the city that you're in. So the returns are extremely low for renting out. The risks are extremely high. So the risk adjusted return is even lower. Now these risks come from the fact that there are severe rent controls and the judicial capacity is quite weak. So our paper finds that states that moved from a pro-tenant rent control act to a pro-landlord rent control act actually reduced vacancy rates. We also find that districts with better judicial capacity have lower vacancies. So I believe that the new Model Tenancy Act is addressing this, uh, these risks and hopefully vacancy rates would fall once the states adopt the, the Model Tenancy Act. But I wanted to understand from Mr. Chatterjee. Mr. Chatterjee has seen this up close, having been at Dera and having seen redevelopment projects. What are your views on the Model Tenancy Act and do you think they can solve the problems of a city like Bombay? Uh, well, Bhargavi and uh, Sahil, I think both of you have uh, captured the whole essence of the present uh, situation, uh, housing situation in Mumbai quite well. The major problem that we find today in rental housing emerges from the fact that the government has uh, always approached this issue of housing, housing shortage or, or uh, public housing housing to the urban poor by focusing on providing them with ownership housing or for that matter land titles. If you go back to maybe the mid 80s when we had the World Bank aided slum upgradation program, there too the whole issue was that uh, we have to provide tenure to the people who are staying in formal settlements. So wherever tenure can be given in situ, people should be formed into cooperative societies and long term tenure has to be given. People who had to be moved out were to provide, where to be provided uh, sites and services, a 10 by 15 feet, uh, 150 square feet area. But all this was uh, towards ownership. There was no concept of actually giving anything which will be on a rental basis. Nowhere the concept of rental was there. Now, when the state was looking at all this solution to the housing problem from the perspective of everything is ownership, 
the actual formal or the informal market, especially the informal market was not looking at from the same lens. In the informal sector, you had slumlords who were giving out these structures on rent. You had people who were staying in the ground floor of a slum structure, was creating a mezzanine floor because the government over a period of time, the municipal corporation, allowed a slum structure to go up to 14 feet. So the upper six feet was actually a mezzanine floor, which in about 30 to 35 percent of the cases was being given on rent. So actually in that slum, the owner of the slum structure was staying in the ground floor and giving out the, the mezzanine floor on rent and also maybe earning uh, some rent out of that uh, structure. So informally in the, in, in, in the slums, we had a large number of people who could find place to go and stay. So the migrant population who were moving in here is not that they were trying to go and then there was some land available, they'll go and just encroach upon the land and stay there. They would have to go through the slumlords, also maybe the lower echelons of the, the police or the housing board officials or the municipal corporation officials or even maybe the, the political uh, leaders at the lower level who would facilitate his getting into a structure where he, he will pay money. He may have to pay money, which is not only rent, but also a lump sum money, which will be a money as a security deposit. So everything that you talk about today in maybe the Model Tenancy Act or has been talked about in the leave and license arrangement, which existed after 1999, of having a certain amount of rent and certain amount of security deposit was very much existing in the informal sector and continues to exist. And sometimes I feel that in the slum rehabilitation, though we talk about rehabilitation, it actually also is displacement because people who stay in these rentals in the mezzanine floor, they never get to access the, uh, become a beneficiary in the slum rehabilitation program because they get thrown out. So therefore, this has been the real scenario in which the whole housing scenario has developed. This is the backdrop in which we are actually dealing with the present housing situation and Therefore, one would eagerly look forward to something like the Model Tenancy Act being adopted in Maharashtra, in Mumbai, so that we can come out of this situation. Of course, the Model Tenancy Act will also have to be looked upon along with how do we scale up bringing in more affordable rental housing by implementing properly the affordable rental housing scheme of the government of India. No, that's fantastic, Mr. Chatterjee. Thanks a lot. So just a couple of thoughts as you were speaking, you know, which came to mind and Sahil, uh, just feel free to jump in uh, whenever you think, uh, you know, I missed a point. The first point that you made is very interesting, which is home ownership versus tenancy. And it's not just India, right? All over the world, we see home ownership as a major sort of promise that is made by governments all over the world. And I wonder if, you know, that has got something to do with inherently what humans want, which is that they want a permanent home in their lives. And especially in a country where tenure security is not so sure, you'll have to go to court if you're evicted unfairly and so on and so forth. And you're not sure how that will pan out. And the lack of focus on tenancy. Now, as we speak, you know, until very recently, Germany was sort of touted as this country where most people actually rent homes and don't really own homes. And owning home was, you know, not fashionable. And, you know, the young generation always prefer to rent over own and you know just yesterday last evening i read a news item which said that the residents of the city of berlin have actually uh, voted on a referendum seeking expropriation of housing units in the city of berlin which are owned by large landlords okay so something like the urban land ceiling concept which is that if a 
if one or two landlords alone own all the housing units in the city then you know they the residents have indicated that they want, they should be expropriated and i wish i could i were there to tell them about the experience that bombay or you know other cities in india have had with urban land sealing where you cap the amount of real estate uh, whether it be land or whether it be premises etc and that creates all sorts of uh, skewed incentives and it did not help it does not help the purpose of redistribution to begin with and second it does not help that it actually makes the state the largest landowner because the expropriation happens in favor of the state and the state then becomes the largest landowner and the lack of focus instead on easing zoning increasing incentives to build more affordable housing which actually you mentioned happened only in the late 90s so i know that sahil has views on this so sahil would you like to chip in here yeah so uh, bombay has one of the most strictest land use regulations and uh, like it has one of the highest uh, the lowest far the floor area ratio or the floor space index which has really curtailed uh, housing supply and one way to make housing more affordable is to ensure that markets provide more housing and that has not happened in fact uh, i don't know if mr chatterjee was the secretary in the housing uh, in maharashtra but maharashtra wanted to repeal the rent control act in 2015 and it was making it more pro landlord but the greatest difficulty i believe uh, maharashtra faced in passing that uh, amended rent control act was uh, because there was a lobbying uh, done by south uh, mumbai owners who bought housing in through pagri who were worried that despite paying pagri they would lose their the rental uh, unit so i don't know if mr chatterjee wants to uh, like say something about this whole uh, issue because i think that rent control act was really really great and it was unfortunate that it didn't uh, pass through well uh, two things before i come to um, uh, the the whole lobbying and the people who uh, were opposed to the 1999 rent control act or uh, the aspect of doing away with the standard rent or taking those old buildings where the rents were frozen at 1940 level to be actually brought to the market rent level or not so that's one aspect but before going into that i'll just come to the issue of what you mentioned about the fsi being the lowest and also more land needs to be made available to the market forces to deliver i have a little point of difference here in the sense that providing land or making land available to the market will actually cater to only the middle class upper middle class and above if you are talking about the lower income group and the ews the economically weaker section of society i'm afraid it will not be the private sector who will get into that sort of a thing of course one i must mention here that after the whole issue of information asymmetry and the other problems of housing in the ownership sector was tackled through bringing in the rera act we have seen that gradually the private sector also moving into creating ownership housing also for the 1 bhk 2 bhk the so called affordable housing type especially in the tier 2 tier 3 cities or maybe in the peripheral areas of the metropolitan region so actually at one point of time when i was sharing maharera i found that about 60% of the housing that is coming into the market from the private sector owners the private sector developers are these small houses but then the land prices continue to be high and therefore what actually happened is that the price of the house was less because the house size was coming down but the, the other point was that if you 
actually are doing your duty as a, a sovereign uh, municipal local body of uh, doing a master plan for the city you cannot merely say that yes this much of how this much of land i actually devote to residential creation of residential housing and uh, give maybe extra fsi and that will solve the problem i'm afraid that's not going to happen unless you are able to earmark land within the residential zone also for affordable housing and maybe to add not only affordable ownership housing but affordable rental housing it is not going to happen that you will have these lands which are in a mathematical calculation enough with the fsi that you give even if higher fsi you give to cater to everybody who resides in the city you will have a situation where maybe the private sector will build there with the higher fsi and you will have a situation as you have today in mumbai that over 2 lakh houses are lying vacant now that is not going to solve the housing problem so if you are talking about the tenancy act which actually brings maybe a level playing field for both the owners and the tenants which actually takes away very restrictive things which takes away this perception that a landowner has today that if i give out my house then maybe the uh, the contract uh, will not be implemented properly contract conditions and therefore i may lose the house all these fear that they have that will go away if you try to get the model tenancy act suited to maharashtra and bring it in number 1 have the development plan in such a manner so that it not only reserves land for residential zoning but reserves land also for the purpose of constructing housing which is affordable both ownership and rented also tweaking the slum rehabilitation scheme to say that no everything will not be ownership there will be also rental housing created there because basically for all these schemes which are bringing in houses whether through the your state parastatals or through the planning authorities like the slum rehabilitation authority or the member municipal corporation who is doing the development plan you will have to earmark specially land for the purpose of affordable housing and affordable rental housing and then maybe start dovetailing that with the schemes that the government of india is coming up with like the affordable housing scheme now if the rental yields are 1 to 3% then obviously unless you do something we subsidize the capital cost of that rental house it is not going to be affordable for the private sector to come in and build build uh, rented accommodation or rent uh, tenanted buildings but if suppose the yields are worked out in such a manner that they get 6 to 8% as it was happening in the commercial segment where we had private developers creating commercial tenements because they were getting an yield of about 6 7 8% you have to also then have these lands where through maybe using the fsi you cross subsidize the land price and invite private sector to bring in and create large affordable rental housing scheme colonies and then have a system by which you ensure that it actually goes to those people who are the most vulnerable in the city okay sahil you uh, any views on this no i actually i am in concurrence with uh, mr what mr tatterdy is saying that is that private sector will not provide uh, housing to the poor and that that's for sure like that's the i don't think so uh, if you release fsi the private sector will all of a sudden start building housing uh, for the poor but what would effectively happen is that the supply of housing for lower middle income or even upper middle income would go up and currently a lot of housing that is built in bombay is in mumbai is not affordable even to the middle income group i believe that housing for the poor is definitely something that the state has to uh, provide housing for but what would uh, happen if fsi is released that uh, the supply of housing for the middle income would grow up and uh, 
so the point i'm trying to make here is that one would require a strategy such that you have the public sector taking care of housing for the poor and at the same time you have a released fsi which would take care of housing for the middle income uh, group no I, i agree with you sahil on that but i still have little problem to accept that the the state or the state parastatal will be have have suddenly developed the capacity to deal with the large backlog that we have to deal with the problem of the the uh, urban poor so urban poor also right. let's not say that it is the homogeneous urban poor there will be the poorest of the poor also but then there are also the the economically weaker section on the in the upper fringes and the lower income group what i am trying to say is that we will somehow have to create capacity also and uh, maybe force the private sector to come in and play this role to create housing also for these people who are in the lower income group right certainly i agree with you that the middle class and others also the prices will have to come down and make the things have to become affordable and uh, such policy tools of fsi and other things need to be used there but what i am again saying is that having worked in the housing board and seeing the capacity of the state I don't think we can actually only say that the state will deliver through these state parastatals. So I'm again to sum up, I'm saying that the state should play its role as a planning authority properly, where through the plans. Because today you see this SRA was created as a planning authority, but it does no plan. It is actually there to only uh, work as as approving uh, the private developers' uh, proposals that come to them. They should have actually created the plan, which is a plan to. account for all the 8 to 10 lakh households that are staying in the slums to see in what manner and over what period of time and how where the private sector will come in and where the private sector will stay away and therefore what method has to be adopted to see that these people can get a proper house which may not may not all be in the in the the ownership segment but then also maybe uh, rental housing but that has not happened so planning is something which needs to be done either by the mumbai municipal corporation or the sra in a proper manner the through the planning you will create the the land stock where with restrictions you will actually ask the private sector to come in not to do just charity but to come in and uh, their their capacity that is available with them which is maybe lying idle to be utilized to the fullest extent so that they create this housing stock and we have schemes to that effect you have the the affordable housing uh, rental housing scheme now that will not see the light of the day unless all these things are looked at in in totality so that's the point i'm trying to make state only depending on the state parastatal to solve this problem unfortunately i don't think is going to work no i think that makes a lot of sense uh, mr chatterjee and i think there was this whole inclusionary housing scheme in maharashtra which is what you're yeah. mentioning the yeah. the rental that's housing right. 20% uh, yeah. to be actually earmarked for that yeah i want to come back to the point of the model tenancy law because that is the current a uh, topic that we are dealing with and that is one from what i understand from your conversation it's one in an arsenal of tools that need to be used to uh, fix the housing market problem in bombay so uh, just to or in any other city in india so just to come back right now the model tenancy law also its timing is really peculiar because we are just coming out of the pandemic and on the one hand there will be people who will who would be rather disenchanted with the city and would leave the city and would probably go back to maybe move back to tier 3 tier uh, cities or something like that and there will be people who will actually find the value of a home much more than what they used to find because so much of work is happening from home sahil do you think as an economist do you, how does this play into the preferences of homeowners and how do you think the model tenancy law intersects with that right no and this is uh, been a problem not just in india it's been a problem all around the world 
where people have lost uh, livelihoods during the pandemic and uh, one just cannot pay rents or mortgages in fact the renters are one of the most vulnerable groups when it comes to a city because they they the moment they lose jobs they can't pay rents and then they get they need to go back home now uh, there is a clause in the model tenancy act which is the force majeure clause which basically says that uh, if your uh, contract is about to end during a calamity then uh, the the landlord cannot evict you like till the end of the calamity but of course the tenant has to continue paying rent during the calamity now and these calamities are like could be wars floods droughts so i'm not sure if uh, pandemic comes within a force majeure clause I'm, i'm like i would think that rationality would dictate that they would bring in the pandemic within a force majeure clause now a lot of uh, cities around the world have something called the rent moratorium which basically means that during a pandemic when your incomes uh, fall then uh, you don't need to pay rent during the calamity but the rent adds up and at the end of the term you will eventually have to pay rent back to the landlord now that's something that's not there in the rent control act so i'm hoping that when states come out with their uh, versions of the act they would think about adding a rent uh, moratorium so i think that those are my thoughts uh, on the rent control act and the current situation interesting so you know it's true that even our own central bank actually had waived payment of emis etc on cards and formal credit mechanisms right whereas we didn't re- we don't know to what extent that really happened for operational debts like rents and uh, salaries and so on and so forth so uh, mr chatterjee actually touched upon an interesting issue which is the idea of state capacity and the, he mentioned about uh, the lack of planning capacity within the sra and i wonder if uh, you know what are your views mr chatterjee on the implementation aspects of the mta you also mentioned that some of the previous laws were badly implemented and how would you go about building capacity for implementation of the model tenancy law so in addition to what uh, sahil mentioned which actually touches upon the issues the problems that were faced especially by the vulnerable population when we were hit by the pandemic that certainly are uh, things which need to be brought in when uh, the mta gets adopted uh, by the respective state governments but i have some more points to actually uh, look at uh, in the mta obviously the mta is a model tenancy act of the central government and it has to be adopted by the state government and then only it becomes implementable in the state so one has to see how the maharashtra government looks at this uh, model act uh, along with the existing 1990 act which had major problems to retain some of the very restrictive conditions that were retained uh, because of the the interest of the south mumbai 19000 dilapidated sets buildings so if suppose if i have to accept what uh, durga shankar mishra the secretary government of india says that even if mta has to be adopted this will be only prospective in nature so that in no case is going to disturb the existing situation which is there for these 16 to 19000 buildings of the old chawls tenanted buildings where the pagdi system operates under the 1919 act so that we will deal separately as to separately as to how do you deal with those 19000 buildings because every year during the monsoon buildings fall people die so the present policy of the government of redevelopment of those buildings on ownership basis is not solving the problem but then i think that's a separate discussion altogether coming back to this point of if and when the state government maharashtra government adopts the model tenancy act 
some of the things that uh, today, if I have to go through some of the clauses of the Model Tenancy Act, the preamble is very good to say that it will regulate renting of premises to and protect both interests of landlord and tenants and provide a quasi-judicial speedy adjudication mechanism. Now, if I have to go into the definition of a premises and to say that this will apply only to premises and also go to section 3, which actually says that the act will not apply to certain premises, then we will see that this will leave out a large majority of renting arrangements which are there today in the informal settlements. Because those premises where these people, the vulnerable population stayed and who were very badly hit during the pandemic, they will be left out of this because they are in informal settlements and they will not be counted as premises because they are not legal premises. One. Two, the only affordable rental, formal rental accommodation that gets available in Mumbai is which are those 2 lakh plus rehabilitation tenements which have got constructed under the SRA scheme where the slum dwellers who got rehabilitation in those tenements maybe have an extra tenement or maybe part of the tenement they are renting out. But though the act says that for 10 years you can neither sell those tenements nor you can rent them out. So again, it actually is illegally done but then that is what is providing solace to many large number of people who are going and staying in these rehabilitation tenements. They will also not get counted in the definition of premises because legally speaking, you are not supposed to rent them out. So actually, the exemption clause is taking away whole lot of these tenements, which in fact need to be regulated to see that people can get into those tenements and don't get thrown out at the whims and mercy of the slum lord or maybe the owner. Second thing is, the section 3.2 says that the act will apply only when the owner and tenant both agree that the tenancy agreement agreed uh, entered into between them should be regulated under the act. Which means to say that if the tenant and landlord or either of them say that no, let's let's uh, keep it this way. Or if you would insist, if, if one of them insists that no, let us go and get this, uh, this uh, tenancy agreement done in written form and get it registered with the rent authority and the other person does not agree, then he may not actually give out his premises on rent. So the exemption to take out those tenements, so it is unlike the RERA Act, where every building that a private developer constructs, which is meant for sale, is supposed to be registered under the RERA Act. This takes out such tenements where the landlord and tenant do not agree to come forward and get it registered. This is my understanding of the Act. One may correct me if I am um, reading it wrong. Then, of course, it goes on to say that it will apply Section 4, and then there are these uh, a digital platforms we put in place within three months, which again, Point, point was that when 2016-17 the RERA Act came and it said that within one year you should put up a digital platform and Maharashtra was on the forefront to put up this digital platform and it worked very fine. And when you put up a digital platform, even if suppose the, the Model Tenancy Act requires that you should have the quasi-judicial setup in every district level, the registration part, because there are two different aspects of the Act. One is registering of the agreement of the rent. And the second part is the implementation of any violation in that to go to either the rent authority or the, th the three-tier body, the rent authority, the rent court or the rent tribunal. I feel here the Maharashtra government, it will do good if suppose they use the whole digital platform that has been created under the RERA to actually say that instead of burdening the district collector, district magistrate, who would then find some deputy collector or additional collector or someone or a district judge to man those three-tier bodies of the authority, the, the rent court and the rent tribunal, I thought it could have been best done 
if suppose you had said that the Maharashtra RERA or the RERA for that matter in other places would actually use its delegated powers to create these type of uh, bodies and uh, that digital platform created in the RERA would be used for the registration of the tenancy agreements where the RERA as they would actually create the rent authorities too which will have the delegated powers of the RERA. So when you create a body which is supposed to be a regulatory body under the real estate sector. Now it uh, does not uh, solve my thinking problem that why should you have maybe a separate authority to be created for the affordable rental housing scheme, a third authority to be created for the tenancy act. Why could you not have the regulator called the RERA who will go into this and also will create these sort of uh, bodies at the district level which will be working as the rent courts or the rent tribunals. So this is these are some of the points which I feel because otherwise the, the implementation problem will be huge. Maharashtra to ask the collectors who will not get extra staff for doing this uh, job of the rent authority, the deputy collectors who are already burdened with a ho whole lot of work will have to be told that you also do this work. It would do good if suppose Maharashtra government while adopting the model act takes the help of uh, authority already created and discusses with the Maharashtra RERA authority and takes it forward. Yeah, I think that makes sense to me. I think the objective of RERA is also to enhance consumer protection in the real estate uh, sector. And uh, therefore, this is also in line with its objectives, really speaking. But now, you know, just to come to the last question, since the title of this podcast is Land of a Billion, what is that one challenge that you would use your time and energy to tackle to secure tenure rights for the billion plus population in India? Let's begin with Sahil. Only one challenge if you had to tackle, which one would you pick? I think uh, I would uh, pick uh, making judiciary more efficient in enforcing contracts because you don't have property without uh, being able to protect yourself from expropriation. Okay, that's interesting. What about Mr. Chatterjee? What would uh, Mr. Chatterjee pick? I would feel that uh, effective implementation at the required scale, scaling up the implementation of the very progressive policies that you have. Okay, so courts and state capacity pretty much summarizes every single problem in India. But okay, good. I hope we can at least tackle a part of it. Thank you both very much. I think it was a great conversation. All disagreements, uh, lack of consensus views are welcome. So uh, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Bhargavi. No, thank you so much, Bhargavi and Mr. Chatterjee. Thank you, Sahil. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast, Land of a Billion produced in association with the Property Rights Research Consortium. Don't forget to catch new episodes every alternate Friday where I will bring you a rundown on the latest charcha around land and housing in India. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.